All right. Well, my name's Cameron, and we are going to get into the message. But before we do that, let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Well, Father, right now, we just thank you. It is Father's Day. It's always your day, isn't it? And God, we just thank you that you're with us. You said where two or three are gathered together in your name. Here you are. You are in the midst of us. We just give you the glory. I ask that your perfect will will be done in this service today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. Well, the title of our message this morning is The Words of a Father. Words carry weight. You have your notes in front of you. In Genesis chapter 1, it says this. This is the story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, did you know that's how God created the heavens and the earth? Then God said, this is what we believe as Christians. Let there be light, and light was. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, and the point I'm making here is the words of a father. This is how God is creating things. He created all of creation. Then God said, let there, and there's a, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament. This is a lot of firmaments. I wish I would have picked a different translation than this, but this is what it's going to be. Which were above the firmament. It was so, and God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Now watch, and God is just speaking the world into existence. This is how God made everything. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one, t- one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Let there be, let there be, let there be. He didn't just have the thought, but God said it. Then in Gen- Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, he's still speaking and creating, let us make man in our image according to our likeness Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I once heard a preacher say, well, this is proof that you have authority over creeps. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Everything that creeps on the earth, take dominion. We've been made in the, how did God create things? God said, didn't he? He spoke, yeah. He made man in his image, didn't he? Now, God, we're we're talking not so much. We're made in his image and likeness. I'll I'll give you your notes. Image, the word means resemblance. The word likeness means that which has a similarity or comparison. Having the image or likeness of God means that we were made to resemble God. Adam did not resemble God in the sense of God's having flesh and blood. We know that because God is spirit, yeah, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the image of God refers to the immaterial part of humanity. It sets humans, human beings apart from the animal world. We're not animals. We didn't evolve from apes. No, God just said, we're, we're going to make man in our image. Okay, they're going to have dominion. It fits us to have, uh, it sets human beings apart from the animal world, fits them for dominion, the dominion God intended 
them to have over the earth and enables them to commune with their maker. We can have great fellowship with God. We've been made in the image of God. It's a likeness mentally, morally, and socially. Even God himself said it's not good that man should be alone. We're created for relationship. But he said, let us make man in our image. Do you see the plurality there? Well, is God the Father part of the R? Well, sure. God was the one that said, let's make man in our image. Is the Holy Spirit here? Well, certainly the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. What about Jesus? Do we see Jesus here? Jesus, we said this last week, is concealed in the Old Testament, but is revealed in the New Testament. Well, what does John chapter 1 tell us? In the beginning was the Word. Did you know that the Word was in the beginning? The Word was with God. The Word actually was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, there wasn't anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then we go to verse 13, and it says this, And the Word became flesh. Who is the Word that became flesh? And He dwelt among us, didn't He? And we beheld His glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was in the beginning with God. Let us make man in our image, God said. And God the Father was there. We see the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. And Jesus himself was there. All things were made through him. And God said, we are going to make man in our image. How did God create things? He spoke, didn't he? He spoke to creation. Do we ever see Jesus as God in the flesh speaking to creation? In Mark 11, it says this, Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Do you know that Jesus got hungry? He was the Son of God, and he was the Son of Man. Fully God, fully man. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see it. perhaps he would find something on it. Now, when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, He's going to speak to the fig tree here. It's more than just a good, happy thought. He's going to talk to something. He's going to talk to creation. Well, certainly all things were made through him. Without anything, uh, without him, there was nothing made that was made. So he speaks to the fig tree and he says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He talks to it. Now, have we been made in the image of God? All right, we, we've established that. The next day, it says in Mark 11, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi! There's an exclamation point in my Bible. Rabbi, look! I think you guys would be pretty astonished too. Man, we were rolling. And Jesus starts talking to trees, and they start withering up from the roots. Rabbi, look! Check it. Now, he, Jesus already knew what happened, but Peter, look, Rabbi, he already knew. Look! The, tr- the fig tree which you curse is withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says. Oh, we can talk too. But believes the things he says will be done. He will have whatever he thinks. No. He will have whatever he says. Now, did Jesus say we could talk to mountains? 
Okay, my, my father-in-law, my wife, who's in the back there, hovering around. She's like, dude, why did you point me out? Great in-laws. Steve, if you're watching this online, he's a preacher. He's not watching this online. He's got his own sermon to preach. He is, ooh, squeaky voice. My in-laws are building a house in Olympia, and they're clearing some, they got some acres, and they cleared some land. They have a really beautiful view of Mount Rainier. Now, let's say Jesus said, you could talk to the mountain. I go, Steve, I like that mountain. You cleared the land, and you can see Mount Rainier, but I'm getting tired of looking at it. It's kind of janky. I'm done with checking out Mount Rainier. So, Mount Rainier, go ahead, and, and, and let's, you're out of here. We're moving you to Tacoma? I don't know where we want it. Where do you guys want to move Mount Rainier to? Does any of you want to move Mount Rainier? Probably not. I, don't, I, I would submit to you that Jesus isn't talking about us going out and trying to move Mount Rainier. But in your notes, a mountain actually it signifies something that is strong and immovable or a problem that stands in the way. How many of you think that you can speak to things that are strong, immovable, or a problem? Come on now. Did Jesus say we could do that? Did God do that? Did Jesus do that? What gives us the right and the authority to do that? Well, first of all, we've been made in the image of God. Second of all, they were surprised. Wow, the fig tree withered up. You guys, you need to go talk to some mountains. Our words carry weight. Our words carry weight. Now, I want to talk to you about an extreme mountain that I faced. When I was 23 years old, had just given my life to Jesus, I did an internship program. I've told this story before. I think it'll hold up to repetition, though. And I did an internship program, and the culmination of my internship program was to fly to Veracruz, Mexico on a mission trip and to share my personal testimony to a group of youth. And because of that, I had an extreme emotional panic attack, nervous breakdown. Never, never spoke in front of a group of believers before. In college, if they called on me to speak in college... Um, I just straight up wouldn't even go to class. I just wouldn't go. I, I bailed out on some pres- presentations before. But now I love God. Now I'm growing in character. Can't run away from the call of God, can we? Can't run away from the, the opportunities God has for us. So I'm in Veracruz, and I'm with the pastor there, Pastor Greg. And he's a jogger. And so we, they have a, a, a football stadium there. Not American football, it's soccer the Veracruz national team, and we, we head out for a jog. And we're jogging this big circle around this parking lot. And in the corner of the parking lot is a dead dog in the corner. I don't know how long this dog has been there, but a dead dog in Mexico, I don't know, how warm, does it get 80, 90 degrees in Mexico? I think it does. It's been a while since I've been there. Been 23 years since I've been there. And so this dog was ripe, and it was stanky. And every time I would, we would do this jog, we would loop this corner, and we'd smell this nasty old animal. It would, like, get into my nostrils. And the whole time as we're jogging, I'm explaining and bawling and crying to Greg, Greg, I'm so scared. Greg, I'm so fearful. Greg, I just don't think I can do it. Greg, I'm just so jumpy. And, and I, was just re- I was just tore up over this thing. And I think sometimes we get into these, and I bring up the dead dog is because we get into these cyclical patterns, just can't do it. My daddy couldn't do it. We're jogging, we're coming up on the dead dog. My mommy couldn't do it. I surely can't do it. 
And we get into these patterns of life, patterns of failure and defeat, but you know that God wants us to bring us to a place of victory, doesn't he? And finally, it took a pastor like Greg to stop me in my tracks and look me in the eye and say, where does it ever say in the Bible that you can't do it? Where does it ever say that God is not more than enough for you? Where does it ever say that God has given you a spirit of fear? Where does it ever say to be discouraged and dismayed? Where does it ever say that God won't put you over? And he stopped and he spoke a, a good dynamic living word to me. He says, I'll tell you a scripture. I gave you the reference if you would like it. 2 Timothy 1.7. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Did you know that's true? God never gave you a fearful spirit, did he? But what did he give you? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, he said that word to me, but he said, I want you to say it too. Have we been made in the image of God? Yeah. Yeah. Did God speak to things? Jesus spoke to the sycamore tree or the fig tree. He told us to talk to mountains. And Greg said, I want you to talk to this mountain. He didn't say it quite like that, but he said, I want you to say this. Repeat after me. For God has not given me. Oh, you guys are, I was going to do it, but you guys are, he was asking me to do it. (laughs) Now, I had never said this, so I felt like a liar. I felt like a liar, but how many of you know we don't build our life on feelings, but on the truth of God's words? Let God be true, the Bible says, but every man a liar. Heaven and earth could pass away. My words will by no means pass away. It's a sure foundation. So as long as we're declaring the truth, how are we declaring anything other than the truth? So I said, the Lord hasn't given me, and I was kind of wimpy about it. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And I begin to do that and begin to grow and gain a little boldness and a little more confidence and let's get up and do this. And by the way, I'll end this story by saying I went out and I did speak to the youth and there was actually great salvation that night. It was awesome. Yeah, praise the Lord. I took a sip earlier and I forgot to take my lid off. I was double checking. I made this note. This came to me. As I was preparing, and I, I like this, I was telling God how big my mountain was instead of telling my mountain how big my God was. Man, that'll, that'll work. Instead of telling my mountain, oh, sorry, stop telling God how big your mountain is and start telling your mountain how big your God is. Come on, words carry weight. Do you know that God has actually given us the full armor of God? And Ephesians says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Isn't it so wonderful that we don't have to be strong in our own might? We can be strong in his might. We should put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Uh, the, The devil is scheming, isn't he? Be sober. Be vigilant, the Bible says. Your adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, we have the full armor of God. In verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can quench, excuse me, extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We put on the belt of truth, don't we? His word is truth. We build our lives on the word of God. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ, which means we have right standing with God based on what we did, based on what he did. If you confess 
Did you know that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved? For with the heart, with the heart, where's the breastplate? Over the heart. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Now watch this. And with the mouth, did you know with the mouth confession is made to salvation? You do need to say something. Like Words are important. Like, hey, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. If you confess me before men, Jesus said, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. So we have on the breastplate of righteousness, we have on the shoes of the gospel of peace, which means we're ready to run with the good news. We have on the shield of faith, which, which we quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked one. You got to call me out on that. We have on the shield of faith with which we quench most of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Thank you, Don. We have the shield of faith which, which, with which we quench every single fiery dart of the wicked one. How many of you would like a more robust, robust faith shield? Come on, how does faith come? Oh, I like you guys so well taught, so well trained. That's good. That's good. Not everybody knows that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I like what one preacher said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Oh, well, I heard the word before. No, no. We're still hearing the word. We have on the helmet of salvation. It covers our mind. We have the, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power love, a sound mind. I like what Paul said. We have the mind of Christ. We're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And what is the last piece of armor here? Mm -hmm. this, what is the sword of the Spirit? It's the Word of God. We do have the Word of God. We should use it, right? It is to be released. It is the Word of God. And the Word of God is living and... Do you know the Word of God is alive? It's dynamic. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay, what are these two-edged swords? The voice of the enemy. Demonic voices. Voices that don't agree with the word of God. Well, we have a sword. We have the sword of the spirit. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So we want to speak the word of God, don't we? We love the word. We're thinking the word. We're meditating on the word. Our faith is growing by hearing the word, but we're also going to speak the word. And I'm going to demonstrate this in action. In Matthew chapter 4, it says this. And Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. So he's hungry again. You would be too after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if, always trying to bring a message of doubt, isn't he? If, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written. Come on. I love this. The word of God, the living word, the word made flesh is speaking the word. How many of you know that if, if it's good enough for Jesus to speak the word, we should speak the word. He didn't just have a great thought. He spoke back to the devil and said, no, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is written. And he challenged the devil. The devil challenged him. And, devil, and Jesus always answered back, as it is written. As it is, as it is written. I think we need some more as it is written going on in our life. As it is written, we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. 
As it is written, we are the head and not the tail. As it is written, we are above only and not beneath. As it is written, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As it is written, if the devil comes at me one way, he must flee before me several ways. As it is written, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hey, as it is written, I don't have a spirit of fear. As it is written, I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. It is good enough for Jesus. Have you been made in the image of God? Come on now. How did God create things? He spoke them into existence. Jesus speaks to the fig tree. The disciple says, wow. Jesus said, you need to start talking too. Hey, you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, as it is written. Good. Word is good, isn't it? Word is good. I like the psalmist of 119. Your word is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. If Jesus spoke the word, shouldn't we? Making a bit of a pivot here. These are very, these are fighting words. These are words of victory, words of confidence, words of overcoming. There's also a, an affirming word, the power of an affirming word. In Matthew chapter 3, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Did you know that Jesus was baptized? Yeah. We should be baptized. Yeah. John tried to prevent him. No. I need to be baptized by you. Are you coming to me? So this is my plug for baptisms and barbecue. If you've not been baptized, this is, your, this is you sign up for baptism. We would love to do that for you. It's an amazing opportunity, amazing moment in your life. Verse 15, but Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up and immediately from, came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly, a voice came from heaven, not just a thought, a voice, the voice of the Father. A voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I read this in a commentary this week, and I'd like to share it with you. The father's statement approved all that Jesus had done up to that point. His hidden years in Nazareth were years of pleasing the father. Certainly the father's commendation was a great encouragement to the son as he started his ministry. I love the fact that God didn't hold back. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Our words carry weight, don't they? There's three things that we see here in this, this thought. Is that there's words of acceptance. God said, this, you're my son. This is my beloved son. I think we should say that to our children. You're, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're my child. I'm proud of you. He says, and he didn't just say, this is my son. This is my beloved son. Did you know that God was crazy about Jesus and Jesus heard that this, you're my beloved son and you I'm well pleased? Words of adoration and finally, words of approval. I think we could learn something from the Father speaking to Jesus that we could speak words of approval as well. Words carry weight. Words are powerful. You're my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. I'm going to share a video real quick and um, let, let me just sort of set this up. When I was thinking about how God just said, this is my beloved son. And he let everybody around him know, this is my son and who I'm well pleased. As, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded recently of a video I took 
of my own son. Uh, he was at a little league game, and he hit a hit a baseball out of the out of the park, and it's shaky shaky camera work at best. And I'm the filmer, and I lost it. Well, I had been at a at a youth night, and we had just finished youth group, and I drove into the game in Montesano. The game had already started. I pulled up into right field. And uh, my son Calder was just to go out bat, and I just want you to—I just want you to hear how I talk to my son in this. It's a little embarrassing, actually. I'm a little, little embarrassed, but I—I I, I think it'll help us to see how what God thinks about us. All right, we'll play that. Oh, he's gonna ball one, not high. Oh, jeez, he's cracking it. He's cracking it. What in the world, Calder? Nice! Calder! Holy smokes! <laughs> Calder! I got it. I got it on the board. Dang. All right, well, that, that was really exciting. There's a kid scaling the fence back there, like the Spider-Man back there. I was just calling his name, I think partly because I don't know if he knew that I was there. I was just letting it, just calling him by name. Do you know the Bible says that he calls us by name in John 10? See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Do you know that God is calling you by name as well? I like Jeremiah 29. It says, oh, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. He had a great thought, but he didn't just think it. He also said it. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. What great and encouraging words that God speaks over his children. If I can bring this home, I, just, this is that, I think this might be the final fill in the blank. Is your words carry weight. Words are weighty. Words are creative. That's how God created things. We can fight the enemy with our words, overcome the devil with our words. We can speak words of encouragement, words of life. I think Pastor Greg in Mexico spoke a word of life to me. I don't know if I would be here today. Speaking of somebody said, hey, hold on now. God never gave you that spirit of fear. I was thinking also about my spiritual fathers. I think of Pastor Mark Cargill. I think of Pastor Doug Cotton. And um, I think in many ways, these guys have come alongside me and they, they're like, man, they see more in me than I see in me. We need people that speak into our lives. And so many times, Pastor Mark, Pastor Doug will just say, Cameron, I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. And probably when I'm done speaking, Pastor Doug will probably come and say, you did a great job today. I couldn't have done it better myself. No. <laughs> no, he won't say that. He won't say that. Maybe he will. I don't know. You never know. Final verse, Proverbs 18.21. Oh, it's not the final verse. Proverbs 18.21 says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What kind of words are you speaking? Those who love it will eat its fruit. They're, your words are creating fruit. There is fruitage that comes from the words that we speak. We're called to speak words of life. I think we could take a lesson from God our Father and affirm our own children. I love you. We call them by name. Proud of you. Cheering you on. Affirm your spouse. I love you. I'm so glad that God brought you into my life. You're perfect for me. 
speak to your marriage, we're gonna make it. All things are possible with God. This might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Breathe life into your home. Speak words of life on the job. Uh, speak words to, of life to the kids that you're coaching. Any coaches here? Any, I love it. You guys, are, you guys are, I think the world is in need of some great life-affirming Christian coaches. My, I coached this last season. I know Steven's a coach here. And uh, my, my wife has been coaching. I've been coaching. There's a great need for great positive voices in our communities. I love to actually soccer coaching and the kids would take a shot and miss the goal. I would cheer them on. Let's do it again. If you don't take the shot, you'll never make it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I believe in you. You're going to make it. Let's take the goal. Let's take it. Words of life. I'd like to ask everybody to stand. Just this final thought. I just want to speak this word in Jeremiah. God spoke this over his children in Jeremiah. And it says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. If you didn't know that, did you know that God's thoughts towards you, that you're not mad? Thoughts of peace, not of evil. If you didn't know this, God has a future and a hope for you. And you will call on me and go and pray to me. I'll listen to you, says the Lord. You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, every head bowed. Those of you online, if you've not taken, a, taken the moment or had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior, he wants to be your Savior. I'm gonna give you that opportunity now to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And I wanna pray with you. Will you raise your hand and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I see one hand, be bold, yeah. Two, three, four, five. Anyone else, six, seven. Come on, one more, one more call. Is there anybody else who says, yeah, I see that hand. Eight, anybody else? I think there's a hand in the back, nine, and one here, 10. Okay, give the Lord a good hand clap. And we're going to pray right now. I want, I'm going to invite everybody to pray. Everybody's head bowed. I'm going, to, I'm going to invite everybody to pray. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place. Jesus, be my Lord, my boss, my Savior, my friend, and my King. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.